Hey, Joe. Yeah. I'm going to show you this video. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to show it to you on my phone. Hey, look at that. All right, what do you think of that video? That was interesting. Are there any parts I need to cut out or change? Or um, do you think I can show that to everybody? Well, I think if you showed it to people, they might murder. Oh. Uh. Boo. Hey everybody, welcome back to Not Qualified. Uh, my name is Zeph. I'm Joe. And it's a spooky time because you know what's right around the corner, Joe? Um, a ghost. You and I's second favorite holiday. What holiday is that? Thanksgiving is not that close. That's not what we're talking about. Easter? Oh, do we have the same second favorite holiday? I guess Fourth of July. <laughs> no, it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, mine was um. Halloween. Oh, that was what mine was too. Oh. I was, yeah, I was just speaking on behalf of all the Irish filmmakers out there, the film na- producers. Name one. That guy who got his head impaled on a statue. Oh, from that movie. Yeah, that censor. We just <laughs> Literally finished two minutes ago. Yeah, two minutes. We the credits yeah. rolled two minutes ago. Yeah. We like to do this sometimes. Where if we wa- if we're watching a movie, neither of us have seen. We'll just watch it and then not allow each other to speak (laughs) until we get to the recording studio. And so we will just, like right now, you and I are talking about a movie we just finished two minutes ago and we do not know what each other think about it. Yeah. So we could be, we could completely disagree on this movie. (laughs) Yeah, we could. That would make a really interesting Halloween episode. Yeah. Of which this will be the third? I don't know. Ritual, Prince of Darkness, and this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this is a little second. I don't know what order we'll post them in. Yeah. And they don't know what order we're recording them either, because the, the recording them in because the way I just said it makes it sound like this is the third one, and it's not. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> anyway, um, Joe, what did you think of? Oh wait, first I should tell them. Yeah. We watched a movie called Censor. Yes. This was directed by somebody named Prano. I don't know if that's a man or a one. Uh, we should have done some research, but um, <laughs> this movie came out this year, 2021. Yes. It's a recent film, uh, horror movie. Um, Joe, um, what did you think of Censor? Um, I I liked it a lot. I'm just still, I think because it is so fresh, I'm still trying to figure out if I did have any grievances or if there was something maybe I had a grievance with that like, was filmed intentionally to be the way it was and then I'm like I that you just don't understand I just don't understand <laughs> so I think we might yeah. be mostly on the same page yeah I really liked this movie for the most yeah. part I liked a lot of aspects of it yeah um, but it kind of lost me at the end yeah and I I don't know what okay so this movie yeah. I'll, I'll give the synopsis this movie is about a woman named Enid who works in Britain uh, in the 1980s, she's a film censor. So she watches movies and decides if they can air on television and what needs to be cut. I don't know if she works like for a television network and uh, has to edit them for airing on television or if she just works for like the British equivalent of the MPAA, like the rating yeah. board. I don't know. Uh, but either way, she watches movies and rates them and like censors them. So she's the censor. And she has trauma because as a kid... Her sis- little sister disappeared one day when they were in the woods, and uh, they don't know what happened to her. They think she's dead. Mm-hmm. 
and um, she her memories are repressed. So there's that whole aspect of how like she's a censor, but also her brain literally censored her own memories and uh, made her forget what happened the day her sister disappeared. Here's my so that's the premise. Yeah. Here's my question for you, Joe. What actually happened? I couldn't really. T- I could. I can't give you a definitive answer. So, me neither. That's that's part of the reason I don't know what I what I feel about this movie yet yeah. because it's a slow. Here, let's start with the positives. Yeah. This movie is a slow descent into madness. Yes. Which I really which I like. enjoy, and I honestly I have recently developed a, a larger appreciation for movies that have a slower burn to them that yeah, aren't yeah, necessarily. Right like super fast paced or even have honestly like a really good pace to them that they, they have a continual slow build up towards the finale. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies that does that, it's also a horror movie, is Alien. That movie mm. is not the fastest paced movie. It's honestly a pretty slow movie and it's probably, you know, in my top five favorite horror movies yeah, of I mean, all time. I really Alien's great. And, it, and it's one of those movies where you can't pinpoint the traditional structure you can't say here's plot point one and plot point two yeah you can't you can always pinpoint a climax yeah um but other than that there's a i mean i'm sure that somebody out there would probably say you idiot plot point two in alien is when you find out that what's his name's a robot or whatever spoiler yeah. alert for alien um, um bilbo bill yeah oh yeah it is bilbo isn't it yeah. uh oh what's his name um ian ian mcdermott Who's that? Who's Ian McDermott? I know that name. Ian. That's definitely it's. It's not uh, it's Ian not McDermott. Ian McDermott. It's a different actor. Yeah, I know, but but um, why is that name stuck in my head? Who is Ian McDermott? Oh, that's oh, it's Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> um, Ian Holmes. It, Ian Holmes. Yeah. Um, that was not necessary to censor. Um, okay, so in censor, my problem. With it, uh, well, also more positives. I'll I'll do more positives. Yeah. Um, the cinematography in this film was some of the best I've seen in a movie in a long time. Yeah, um, it was really good. I think we talked about this during it. I think yeah. it was shot on film. I I could be wrong about that. I would be surprised if I was wrong. Yes, because the way the blacks the the blacks in the movie looked um, like grainy and and yeah. you know what I mean. Like the way black yeah. darkness looks when you're shooting it on film is very distinct, and that's the way I. It looked in this movie. According to the Wikipedia page, the film was primarily shot on 35mm okay. and some Super 8 and VHS footage. Okay, so yeah, it was on yeah. film. That's, so that's, we were right. We were right. Um, it looked amazing. Yeah, it's it incredible. really looked good. And um, this is probably... I mean, I got the vibe that this was probably a low-budget indie film. Yeah. Um, with a, From a director I've never heard of. Yeah. Um, it was obviously, I mean, technically foreign. It was British. Um I don't British. think that counts as foreign films, though. It, like the Academy Awards, I think it has to be foreign language film. Oh. Um, Boo. But British people are basically a whole nut. It's the other side of the world, you know? Yeah. Who knows anything about British people? Good job, England, for taking over a whole other country and then dominating the box office with it. <laughs> Good job, England. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, cinematography was great. Some highlights that stuck out to me. Um during the climax of the movie, it does something that I have never seen in a movie. So most of this film was on was the the aspect ratio was like sixteen like nine. yeah well, well no it was, no, 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 no it was no, ultra widescreen so because yeah. there so it was um, I don't even know what it was but uh, yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it might have been like two thirty-five one or whatever, yeah. but it, it was it was very widescreen. Um, but there's one point in the movie; it's the climax where the sides of the frame start closing in slowly, like yeah. over the course of probably what 10, 15 minutes yeah. until it's the black bars yeah. come in on the side until it's at four three. Yeah, three, three yeah. yeah, and that gave me anxiety. That was the scariest part of the movie, and it wasn't even part of the plot. Yeah. It was just a meta. Thing. It was very felt very claustrophobic. And I think was a really stylish tool to lead into that plot point of the film set yes. to transition from the real life into real life to the fantasy. Film, to fantasy. So here's my what I'm thinking. I'm talking through this as we speak because we just finished this. Yeah. I'm thinking that the four three ratio represents her fantasy in her head, obviously, because at the end, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Censor. Stop now. Go watch. Spoilers from here on out. So at the end, she go. She's tracking down the filmmaker who makes these horrible, gross, uh, like censored films, right? Yeah. So this is like a X-rated filmmaker who makes violent, rapey films, yeah. and um, uh, she tracks him down because she thinks that this guy's star actress is her long lost sister, and he kidnapped her way back mm. when. Um. So she goes to the film set of the new movie they're making, which is a crossover hybrid movie with their Beast Man series. It's <laughs> a whole other thing. Um, the tagline is, you are probably going to die. <laughs> I love that. We were talking about how the most fun job in the world would be making fake movie posters from movies that don't exist in yeah. movies. Like, the the ta- fact that the tagline was, you are probably going to die, it was hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, anyway. So she tracks down. She goes to the movie set, and they're like expecting her. They're like, "Oh, you're the sister of yeah. what? You're the sister, okay." But at that point, the black bars are slowly closing in. Um, and then, so my theory is that the black, the black, the further in the black bars are, the further away from what's actually happening is because there's a point where she, she's now on film set. And yeah. they're filming her, and she's in a scene, and the Beast Man is about to kill her, who she thinks is her sister. And um, she kills Beast Man with an axe. Yeah. Actually kills him. Actually kills him. But the black bars go away, and it's yeah. widescreen again, which is yeah. like a flashback to reality, it seems like. And everyone's, like, horrified at what she's done. And then she, like, snaps back into her trance state, and it's back to 4-3. And from then on out, it's, like, rainbows and butterflies, and there's some weird flashes of, like, this, you know, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. But something's... So I guess my theory is when it's in 4-3, that's at, the, at least during the climax, yeah. that's her insane brain. And when it's on widescreen, that's what's actually happening. Yeah. But what actually happened? What's the plot of this movie? Can you I'm, tell me what the plot of the second uh, half of this movie is? I could. I mean, even more is on the same page as right now. I have just no idea. no idea. I think, yeah, like you were saying, I think like the further the black bars close in, because she is going to a movie set where she really, truly believes that her, that her sister, sister is, is on. And like kidnaps. And kidnaps. And, and the they, woman clearly does not yeah. believe that. The woman's clearly like, you're insane, yeah. lady. Get, you just killed him. Get away from me. Yeah. And, you know, like, like, you said they address her as the sister, and that's it. Like you're just like, oh, that's just the role of the character. But your main, the main lady, Enid, does not think that. She doesn't know what she's getting into. Right. And then she goes into hair and makeup, and there's a newspaper with her face on it. So there's just this whole weird, I don't know, conspiracy side of it that her brain is dwelling into. So it feels like the closer that these, the sidebars move in, the more into like 
delusion. She's delusion. Diving That's the into, word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's it's delusion. Yeah, because she can't. So the movie also a huge theme is just trauma and coping with yeah. with trauma um, okay. because she's clearly blocking out some repressed memories. And at the beginning, it kind of hints that maybe she killed her sister. Yeah. But she's blocking that out. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. I'm starting to think... Like, yeah. also the fact that she murdered another person in the same building with an axe at the end Beast, when she killed Beastman yeah. makes me think maybe she did mur- axe murder her sister, yeah. but I don't know why. Um, so there's that aspect to it. But the whole theme of the movie is coping with trauma, and then she's entering this delusion to, to try to cope with it. Yeah. Like, okay, um, the whole world's out to get me. They've kidnapped my sister. She's still alive. I have to track her down. Um, everyone's against me, kind of thing. Yeah. It, it, and like, it's, it's a big point of contention between her and her parents because her parents just want to move on. They just want to move on. They have already at the beginning of the movie. It opens up with them at dinner. It's like the second scene. They're at dinner, and the parents hand her a death certificate because they finally want to just put an end to all of this, all of the the suffering that they've gone through, and just kind of want to act like it. You know, just move on from it. They just want to have their own ending and peace right. to it. Um, and there's, it's a big point of contention because a lot of this, the movie she's watching, you know, awakens a lot of the trauma and plus she's never, she hasn't gotten over it anyways. And however many years it's been and the parents, the dad, um, obviously still blames her to some extent, Uh um, whenever they're at a different dinner later in the movie. So there's this whole aspect of you know, like personal responsibility she's dealing with that like she feels responsible. She assumes, like you'd said, like everybody's against me. Everybody thinks I'm responsible for Uh this. She has some kind of like personal vendetta against whoever had wronged her or um, this like personal mission to try and redeem herself and get her sister back. Like there's this whole side of that movie as well. And I think it's funny because... The more I think about it, I think there's a point in my life where, or like years ago, right, where if I didn't understand a movie, I would think it's just, oh, that's stupid. I got yeah. like, and I definitely do not feel that way now. So, like, my thought process right now is I do not get what happened at the end. Yeah. I don't know what was real and what was in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the real plot was. Like, for example, the when she saw Don't Go in the Church, the movie. So at one point in the movie, she's watching a movie to censor it, and it's replaying what happened with her and her sister, we think. And then one of the girls murders the other with an axe. And so the implication is, well, whoever this filmmaker is knows what she did. But now now I'm thinking, well, maybe it was just a movie about somebody murdering somebody in the woods, and because she... Because she did that, she's you know what I mean. She's yeah. coping in a way like, oh, he knows, or she's creating some conspiracy in her head. Yeah, I don't know what's real. I do yeah. not know what actually happened in this movie. Yeah, but I'm at a like I think at one point in my life that would have bothered me. I would have mm-hmm. said if I can't explain it, it's stupid. Yeah, and it's pretentious. I do not think that about this movie. No. I, I really like this movie, and even if I don't understand it all right now, or even if I, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think a lot of the time in 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 film, people will. Try to overanalyze it and, and explain things when they don't need to be explained and they kind of ruin it. Yeah. And one example of that is on a much smaller scale because it's not the whole plot. It's just one aspect. But The Thing. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter. We talk about that probably in every episode. But yeah. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing. The end of the movie. Spoiler alert for The Thing. And this is a real spoiler alert because you got to watch The Thing. If you oh, haven't seen incredible. it, just skip the rest of this episode because I don't want to spoil anything about it. But... Um, at the end of the movie, you do not know who the thing is. You've got Keith David and Kurt Russell left, 
Um, either one of them could be the thing. Neither of them could be. Uh, you just don't know. People will try to overanalyze that movie and say, well, this means this yeah. definitively. You know that he's the thing because of this. You know that, you know, oh, he yeah. he drank the gasoline and didn't flange yeah. or he didn't have breath or there's no glint in his eyes or whatever. That is not the point. Yeah. The point of the movie is paranoia. You don't know who's who. Yeah. And you're supposed to leave it at that and let your brain run wild with it. And I feel that I have a similar feeling about this movie with the like the, the theme of the movie is trauma and and your brain creating things to cope. Yeah. The name of the movie is Censor, for God's sake. Yeah. It's about your brain censoring things. Yeah. And so the whole point is that we're not supposed to know how much was real and how much was her brain yeah. inventing. And I and I think it goes on to reinforce that point in the movie when she goes over to one of the producer's house, like to oh, yeah. to gain more that answers. Scene. About that scene, that's weird. She goes over to this producer's house, the producer for this, the director Frederick who North, is, who's the director of all these movies, who directed the movies where she keeps seeing this actress who she thinks is her sister. Yeah, and the producer of these movies came to the censor studio earlier, and he was super creepy. Yeah, very pervy, very yeah. tried to hit on her. Well, the longer she's in there, obviously she's like more and more succumbing to this delusion and stress and trauma. She looks very tired and exhausted. And while she's in there, he tries to come on to her, and she fights him off, and he dies. She he like falls onto one of his award, his movie awards, and impales himself like in the back of the neck, and it comes through his mouth. Very, very graphic, mm. you know. Um, and then she moves on, like obviously she very quickly gets over very it. quickly manages to like suppress all of that entire event. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even yeah. catch that. But yeah, you're right. Like yeah. she literally. Killed somebody and almost within 10 seconds just like sucks it all in and says, I'll see myself out. And she just composes herself and leaves and never talks about it again. And she goes to work. Yeah. It shows her at work the next day and she's like – so that's very interesting. That's another another, uh, um, point in the column of she killed her sister and just suppressed it because that's literally what she did. We see her do that in the movie. I didn't think about that till just now. That's a very good point. I don't know. I really liked the movie. I liked and, it a lot. And I think towards the end, like when, during the ending, whenever she finally approaches and confronts this woman, the actress who she thinks is her sister, she's finally like fully given into this delusion that she's found her sister. And then when her sister leaves again, i.e. the actress who she thought was her sister, runs away and she, I don't know, goes into this weird delusion, like finally diving full, like fully into it of like creating her own fantasy to like i don't know bring yeah. it into it i really don't know like maybe giving herself like her own like little happy ending world kind of situation yeah um where she's at the at the very end she drives with her sister back home to her parents house Through like three double rainbows three double rainbows <laughs> like so many rainbows it's all butterflies and like really sunny and flowers everywhere and her sister runs up to her parents oh it's like, like oh i saved her hey and, saved but her, every like, once in a while there's a a flash of like like help me save me yeah. get me out of here oh my gosh it will terror. like like VCR yeah. and the color all goes away yeah, yeah like it'll VCR static to like a uh, like instead of like a bright yellow warm sunny world to like a bleak blue everybody's in pain and agony just for a split second and it does it a handful of times throughout that season and it's very much like it's trying to get through but she's suppressing it she's yeah. stopping it yeah well and also I think that um, yeah I think that the more I think about it. I think the reason I say it lost me at the end is because I was expecting this is just my uh, popcorn flick mm. 
big budget movie brain. I was expe- I was expecting an M Night Shyamalan twist where at yeah. the very end, she we flash out and we see what's really going on. Like mm-hmm. oh, she's just holding an axe above her sister. Like you know what I mean? Like it yeah. it just explains what happens and oh, all that was in her head. Here's your M Night Shyamalan twist. It's all like now it's all wrapped in a bow and you understand it. Yeah, we never got that. This movie just ends. Yeah, and. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think that it, an actual explanation would kind of ruin it. Yeah. Because another, like, that that's the whole theme of the movie. Um, so I don't want to just be a shill for this movie, but I think I really did like it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly um, where I'm at. I'm like, yeah. I think because it's so fresh, I'm trying to process it still. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention while we were watching it. So the whole subject matter, another thing in this movie is, um, the whole subject matter is, like, violence in movies and does that cause violence in real life like do people watching violent movies does that make them kill people and you know that that's a huge part of this movie and that's she's dealing with that as at her job um so for a movie with that subject matter where she's watching hundreds of movies where people are brutally gory like chopped apart and dismembered and raped like there's rape stuff there's all sorts of stuff like the most graphic content for a movie about that it was very classy yeah. There was not a frame of nudity in this movie. No. There was zero nudity. There was some violence, but yeah. it really was not gratuitous. No. Part of that might have been the low, lower budget, and you just don't want to spend too much money on making dumb dead body props. Yeah. But but it wasn't gratuitous. There wasn't nudity. Um, there really wasn't much language even that I remember. Like no. it was For a movie dealing with that kind of subject matter, it was really... Very tame. Very tame and, and classy, which I actually kind of appreciate... Mm. Um, I don't know. I like that. I don't feel like I have to. Like I can recommend this to people without being like, oh well, you know. Yeah. So that was just something I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I really, really liked the movie. I thought great cinematography. Yeah, um, that was that was a high point, and, and the performances were all really good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like the transitions. The transitions were really creative. Really creative. And very simple. Yeah, um, and they gave, and the further the movie, like the longer the movie went toward the end, the more the transitions got uh, blurred into the reality. Like yeah. you don't know what's real and what's not yeah. toward the end because of those transitions. Yeah, um, I really something I really really liked about this movie was especially during the last twenty minutes where she's on the movie set. The color, and the color usage was. I really, really enjoyed, but it was very, very reminiscent of its source material mm. of 80s horror movies. Okay, that I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I thought it was brilliant. Yes. I really loved it. That was my that was the like I said, the high point of the movie is the cinematography. And that that includes also just the lighting. Like yeah. the the lighting was so creative. There's like this neon pink lighting. Like yeah. in the, they're in the forest and the background is like pink. It's yeah. it's completely unnatural. Yeah. But it works so well, and also it 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 gives you that eighties like yeah, it, it's reminiscent of its source material. And there's just like neon greens and bright like blue whites like in the backgrounds, uh-huh. through, like peeking through the trees as if it were like the moon. Um, which on the use of color, the the pink shows up a lot during the dream stuff, and then eventually just shows up predominantly throughout the rest of the film. Oh, whoa, it goes you're right, on. yeah. Yeah. Like she's just completely succumbing to her delusion. Yeah. Like she can't deal with it anymore. She's just turning inward. Okay, one other thing I want to mention, speaking of it being reminiscent of its 80s source material, yeah. at the very beginning she's going through tapes of violent yeah. movies and Evil Dead's in there, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm guessing this probably takes place in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, 
In that last scene, when she's on the movie set and she's killing Beastman with an axe, yeah. she's chopping him up. Um, there, I mentioned this during the movie. There were yeah. two shots that I'm pretty sure it. I don't think they were ripped from Evil Dead Two. Yeah, like, I. Um, they didn't look the same as you, but yeah, they were as close as you could get. They were, yeah. I, th- I think, recreated two shots from Evil Dead Two. There's one where she's chopping up. And it cuts to blood splattering on the deer head, which, of course, everybody knows the deer head yeah. from Evil Dead 2. Um, so that was interesting. But then the shot right after that, the next chop, the blood splatters on the light bulb. And that the blood splattering on the light bulb is a shot that I remember distinctly from, I think it's Evil Dead 2. It might have been the first one. It might be in both. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Those it wasn't, it wasn't like this movie at any point was trying to homage a specific movie. It was yeah. just like... It was a very general premise. Yeah. It was never trying to be like, oh, here's an homage. Oh, like, what's another violent 80s movie? I don't know. Here's an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's 70s, but, yeah. but whatever. Um, it was never It never did that. So that's why it stood out to me when it was like, oh, those shots are straight up from Evil Dead 2. Like, those are yeah. literally from that. I haven't looked it up to see anything about that, but I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Well, because we just came off of watching this movie, the only thing you or I have read about this is the fact that it was filmed on film. Film. Um, the only other thing I just looked up was that this is her own. Uh, their print. Yeah. Is pre- her. is Prano or her? She, okay. Uh, her only feature film. This is her she only has, movie. She has three this is her shorts. Debut. Yeah, she has three short films wow. before this: 2012, 13, and 15. Uh, yeah, this is her first. That's an impressive debut. I know, right? Um, I mean, my favorite director is John Carpenter, and I've heard Dark Star's not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, even the greats have really bad debuts. Yeah. Although, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead was amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this movie. I, I really like... It felt... It started off very, like, indie, like, indie yes. studio. And the way it was shot at the beginning, kind of, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a It Follows or something. Like, yeah. really slow burn. Yeah. Like... Oh, the shots are kind of cool, but it's very empty because it's yeah. low budget indie. But the further it and went it, on, it, I was like, "This is not bad at that, all." But it maintained like, that feeling, but it was—it felt like it was done by somebody who had had twenty years of experience in yeah. filmmaking. It did not feel like a an indie film. It yeah. felt like a low budget film made by somebody who's been in the industry for thirty years. Yeah. So, and, and the move from like a very modern contemporary filmmaking style to a very classic. Like traditional eighties, eighties B movie was yeah, and it really did, good. It did that really well. It's like you said, it starts out like, oh, this this is gonna be a generic indie movie, horror yeah. movie, whatever. Just in the way it's shot, yeah. And then as it progressed, yeah, it was straight up Sam Raimi by the end. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, there was no crazy camera movements, yeah. but I, but just the yeah. the stylistically, it was a little bit. And, and I do think the use of film definitely helped. That, on that, that helps because, a lot. Yeah. Like, was it It Follows, where like a lot of the the back like the flashback scenes were looked like they were filmed on an iPhone. Uh, maybe or, I don't. No, no, no. That was um, that old. What movie was that? Are you talking about where he um, goes into the house and like shoots his family with a shotgun? That was the Bye Bye Man. Bye. <laughs> very. I can't believe you got very different movies. Gosh, it, it follows is good. The Bye Bye Man is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> so bad. But, but but I know what you're saying. That's like well, another the flashback shots in, in uh, the Bye Bye Man look like they were shot on an iPhone. They yeah, were, they look terribly look bad. And well, and that's a problem with a lot of digital. I talked about that a little when we I ranted about David Lynch. But yeah. just like when when you shoot on digital, you have to do it. You have to do it well. 
Yeah. And honestly, this is, it's stupid, but when you shoot on digital, the only way to make it look good is to make it look like film. Yeah. Which, if you're doing that, why not just shoot on film? Unless it's a budgetary thing. But, but like... Season three of Twin Peaks is a perfect example. The whole yeah. thing looks like it's a shot on iPhone. Same with Bye Bye Man. It's yeah. like I think the I think shooting on film really helped censor look good. What are you laughing at? The fact that you <laughs> accidentally referenced the Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man when she catches on fire and his solution was to shoot her. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the worst oh, movie ever. That's it. Whatever. It, movie's so dumb. All right. Give Censor Anyways, a rating. Censor, the more we talked about it, the more I ended up liking Me it. Me too. Um, I'll probably put it at like a... Oh, wait, let's count down from three and say it at the same time okay, so we don't on. influence you got you got to let me like really think about the number because I don't okay. want to place it too high or low. Like I really did like it. but I decided my number like ten minutes ago. So, <laughs> um, And it um, went up when I from when I, we first sat down. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Thirty-eight. 28. Oh. Ten off. <laughs> yeah, nice. Right. That, um, yeah. I think also my, my anytime I rate a movie now, it's influenced not as much by how much I like the movie, but more of where I've rated other things. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like, oh, I can't rate it higher than blank. That's what I think about. So I lot, think but... what I'm going to do, honestly, sometime during, because we're now in season three yeah. of this show. Um, so I'm going to sit down sometime and go through and, and listen make a list and make of, a list so that I actually can look at it when I'm rating something. Yeah. Um, and then we'll probably have to do like a rehaul of We'll like have to do a lot. We'll probably do a whole episode where once we've gone through and written down, we'll have to do a whole episode where we correct our ratings. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I liked it. Um, that's just off of the... 35. I went up. 35. <laughs> that's just off of the one viewing and what I remember of it and all the things. I, I really can't think of really a whole lot I disliked about it. No. It, well, that's another thing. It was short. It was, it was short. Really... It, it stuck to its strengths and it didn't... It didn't overstay its welcome. Yep. Yeah. Well, Joe, if you could censor this episode, what would you cut out? <gasps> Beep! <laughs> Thank you.